You're listening to Adam Air MDGED Underground Cartoon Therapy. Oh, in the coldness of space. That's where the show is today. <laughs> We're going to bring on a guy named Shane. Uh, he's just some guy like us. You know, he could be anybody USA. But he's got his own opinion about formidable quote-unquote conspiracy theories that are out there. A lot of you guys know I'm into this shit. Half the show's about it. So let's get this guy on here today, Shane. <laughs> and we'll see what he has to say. It's pretty simple, man. Actually, what does this guy want to talk about? <laughs> By the way, this show has absolutely nothing to do with Red Dwarf. <laughs> We're going to welcome to the show Shane. <clears throat> he uh, believes the virus was made by aliens to uh, take out the bad people on Earth. And he also has some uh, points of views about Nibiru, our favorite Planet X. And if you haven't been following Nibiru followers on uh, Facebook, check that out. Some of the pictures coming in. It's hard to tell what's what, so in a world of debunkness, come join us, me and C2, as we Check out what the fuck this guy's got to say. <laughs> like I said, I've seen pretty much every episode of Red Dwarf. I know it ends pretty fucked up. <laughs> and if you haven't seen Red Dwarf, I'd go watch it if I were you. Anyway, I'll see you guys later. Are we going to get this show started? I don't know. The Red Dwarf fucking theme is pretty catchy. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> this episode is brought to you by... Uh, a sack of homegrown my uh, friend was trimming up in Northern California. It's pretty good shit, man. All right, let's go. <laughs> nice. All right, we got the show going. So, um, All right. well, welcome Congrats. to. Welcome back, guys, to Adam Air MDGED with the Underground Art uh, Cartoon Therapy fucking bit, whatever the fuck I'm trying to sell you this week. Um, I think, uh, you know, this is one of the uh, more interesting shows. Um, probably, not that none of them aren't as interesting as each other. <laughs> not trying to undersell myself, but uh, uh, this one's definitely 
something that we're, we're all probably going to learn something from. And I'd like to welcome to the show, Shane. Thank you for joining us, man. Thank you for taking the time to join us tonight. Absolutely, Adam. And uh, we had met at our friend, uh, mutual friend's house in Denver, Mr. Cause over there. And, yeah, and good old cause. Yeah, the causeway. <laughs> uh, yep. He, uh, he had... Um, you know, we were talking and uh, Nibiru came up, and I'm always one of these guys that loves diving into that uh, from my end, but you had just a, so much to say, and uh, I'm, I'm going to give you an hour to fucking spill it out, buddy. Okay. okay. <laughs> so wherever you want to feel comfortable so, uh, starting. Yeah. Okay. So for me, um, back in, uh, in 1995, I had a really remarkable year and that I had a couple of really big experiences that were very life-changing. Um, one of them, which I won't get into too much detail to tonight because it would take it would take several hours really to probably get into, into the full story of that, but one of them was a, what I would say is like a close encounter of the third kind where I was, I was contacted, me and two of my friends, so I wasn't, wasn't even alone in it, but, um, and then another, uh, Another experience I had that was pretty mind-changing was I did, uh, did a lot of psychedelics and one particular night and ended up having an experience where I was in another reality. And in this reality, we were, uh, you know, in this reality, it was basically like the whole world was in this pandemonium where everybody kind of knew that we were in imminent danger and it was from this large, I could see this, I could see this, actually see the objects, but there was a large planetary object basically like hmm. coming very close to the earth, so close that we all were pretty sure that there was certain, certain doom. And, um, it was, you know, it was a pretty frightening experience from, from that standpoint. And, uh, but I, I basically like succumb to the experience and I, I, I succumbed to my own death in the experience. And when I did, I immediately kind of like rose up to this, uh, to this area where I could see that there's these large cycles of time that happen and they're marked by these great cataclysms and that these cataclysms, um, are, are basically like, like the beginning of of a very large cycle of time that has to do with our evolution as humans. And I could see um, from where I was at that like, it went all the way back to the Egyptian times um, from the previous, like from the previous uh, cataclysm, I was back in the Egyptian times and I could see all sorts of sim uh, symbolism, Egyptian symbolism. <laughs> and then after that, um, I was actually shown different incarnations that I've experienced before being a human and I'm talking from plant life to animal life and up to the point of being human I was uh, basically shown that uh, that you go through different types of embodiment from different life forms even up to the point of being human and then I was shown uh, what things look like after we get through the cataclysm because we you know there are survivors um, that always make it through these through these things and um, you know I could see that we all had evolved to the point where we had telepathy like basically everybody in society had telepathy 
There was no more system though at all. Like the system, <clears throat> the, the system got completely rocked and no longer existed. But we didn't really need it because we were so in tune with one another, with our use of telepathy, that there was just not much need for you know police or you know like lying was kind of like a thing in the past where like just wasn't really possible <clears throat> and i could also see that we also had like different facial features to a small degree like we had actually gone through a little bit of a um, evolution like we had changed just a little bit physically in our evolution to where our facial features just all looked a little bit a little bit different than they are now and i could also see these structures that we lived in um at the same time in this society on the you know it was like on the other side of the cataclysm and we lived in these like kind of like round dome-shaped structures and you know so the, i mean that was basically the experience there and then when i came out of the experience like it took a while for me to even like realize that i still was in this reality where we still had the system we still have police you know it was it actually like really it must have been kind of hard to to it, it was yeah I, you know what i'm trying to say like it was hard on yeah. you yeah yeah to like readapt to to this reality was pretty rough really i was like oh my god like i you know i didn't actually make it through that and i'm still stuck here like oh you know like it wasn't wasn't very pleasant to come to that reality that we still have the current system as it stands because i feel like this system is so incredibly corrupt that i definitely um Definitely would not uh, have have that much sorrow about about uh, something that might bring about a, a different change for us, you know. Yeah, it sounds incredible. I mean, you know, whatever you experience there is uh, very unique and life changing to say the least. Uh, right. So, I mean, so, so back at the time that this happened, I was uh, not even very much exposed to different concepts like the movies Deep Impact and. Uh, there was another one that came out around the same time. Those movies Armageddon. Even, Armageddon, <laughs> yeah. yes. Armageddon and those movies had not even come out yet. And I really didn't have a whole lot of concepts about what I had seen in this experience. And it wasn't until a little bit later in life when I came across some Buddhist uh, teachings and also Zachariah Stitchin's uh, mm -hmm. book. You know, I, I got kind of like exposed to that too. And so that just kind of like really intrigued me the minute I came across some of these other pieces of information that kind of suggest that something like this is possible, you know? Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because I'm one of the guys that believes the nemesis system is right here. It's right next to us right now. Um, but you were saying you disagreed that it's still very far away. No. I honestly I can't say how exactly how far away it is. But I do feel that I do feel that the, the experience that I that I saw. I do think that that's going to unfold for us it, within my lifetime. Yeah. So, but I, you know, it's really hard to say how far this. Is. I think it's getting close because I think we're starting to see effects of it with the global warming and different conditions that are happening to the planet, like the, the basically the. You know the weather being very confused and a lot of these things are kind of like signs of the fact that it could be getting close like it's it could be within uh you know within the solar system at this point i i believe it is myself but um right i i believe that's possible as well you know? uh, yep uh that's cool um you know one of the things that i just 
have been noticing was all the earthquakes, specifically like today. I can't remember where what I thought it was in Barcelona, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, there was like a huge ass earthquake and just these other anomalies. But then I'll follow shit like on uh, on Facebook with these people who won't. It's a group called Nibiru Followers. Uh-huh. And they don't want to hear your theory about Zechariah Sitchin or chemtrails or anything. They just want photos. That's it. And uh-huh. s- some of the photos that come in, man, and then people can comment on them and give their opinion all they want, but when you're posting the photo, they don't want the opinion about it, you know? Some people, guys right. like me and you would be X'd out. <laughs> I, I, I thought I was seeing more shit back in 2016 or 17 before it went behind the sun and now that it has taken two years or whatever and come back out from beneath or from behind the sun again uh, I'm having a harder time actually tracking it I just think there's just more junk in the sky I mean do you think that uh, because you were okay well does this lead into the virus do you think that the uh, smoke screen or the silk whatever it's called, uh, these chemtrails, they're fucking, like, well, um, virus-related? Yeah. I, I don't know if the chemtrails are virus-related or not. They, 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 they could be. I mean, I, you know, I definitely, um, I definitely believe in the reptilian agenda and that that thing that is happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. Me too. So I, I am a believer in that, and not just, you know, just because a lot of my own experiences have led me led me to believe that something's going on and then you know then it kind of collaborates with with other people's ideas and that sort of thing but um i i definitely believe that that's happening and my my feeling about the virus is that that it's it actually was a strike against them and i know that's not the most popular opinion out there a lot of people think that uh you know the virus might have been engineered by either the u.s or china right I am I am of a different school where I believe that the virus either came about and some people some people believe that it might have come about naturally but I think it could have even been possibly engineered by some of the alien races that are here to kind of actually help us break the chains you know that we've been uh, suppressed under for you know thousands of years thousands and thousands of years um, I do believe that we have uh, uh, a race of aliens in you know that are that are here to help us. I believe that they come from Venus, hmm. and I do think that it's possible that they could have even you know engineered a virus like this. And the, and the only reason I think that they would have done this is because it's a catalyst. I believe. I believe that this is a catalyst, and it was kind of a striking reptilian agenda because there's things that are happening because of this virus. And a lot of people will speculate, well, that is a part of the reptilian agenda, but I. I just beg to differ. I think that they're they're rolling with the punches to a degree, and they know that uh, these cycles. They know cycles. They fully understand cycles, and so they know when these different cycles happen. And that they need to always. They're they're opportunists. They're always ready to try to seize the most from these cycles as they unfold. You know, and, you, and you're seeing that with how they're responding to the virus. You know, all these shutdowns, yeah, all that sort of stuff. That that definitely feeds their agenda, right? Yeah. But the, the cycle itself, though, I, I, I believe is a natural cycle, and they don't really have control over that. They just, you know, but they have more knowledge about it than, than say, we do. 
And mm. so they really try to manipulate it when it happens. And but there's certain uh, there's certain effects of the virus that, to me, I don't think that they would they would want many effects. There's many effects of the virus that I don't think is something that they would want as a part of their agenda. So for them to engineer it just doesn't make sense to me. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and part of that is the switch of the monetary system. Because I'm, I'm a believer that cryptocurrency came about from the help of these aliens. That we were given a tool to decentralize our financial system and be able to, at least momentarily, until they figure out ways to manipulate and control, it's going to give us a, a certain amount of liberty and freedom, you know? Yeah. I'm following you. And, uh, yeah. And so, like, they definitely don't want to allow that to happen. And they, but they really don't have any choice. This is the beauty of how masterful this, 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 uh, this help has been from our, from our friends. You know, the way Bitcoin, uh, was launched really, like, it really was in the underground, really quietly in the underground. And before, before, you know, before the system really had a chance to, like, realize that it was something significant, it's already embedded. Huh. It's already so embedded that they can't really like they and, they and they have tried to stomp it out too. They tried to crush it by like doing pump and dumps to the to the to the market to make people feel like it's so volatile it could never be trusted. You know they did all that for years and years and tried to crush it, but people believed and people persevered. And now it's now that now they know they have to embrace it because they've been forced to. You know. Yeah. Like uh, this financial crisis, which was already impending, right? Like we all know this. We all know that the financial thing was looming. Yes. You know, to, to blame it on the virus is actually quite laughable. And like most economists will tell you this too. Like it's, it was definitely uh, a big balloon ready to pop. So it almost is like a cover to make it more look like this is the reason than whatever the real reason is. So what what would they be really spending the money on then? Uh, oh, you mean all the money they're printing? I mean, because you know Trump's all hyped up about a about a space troop. You know, he wants to get troops in space. I thought he made the comment, "War is uh, an open battleground," or uh, "Space yeah, is an I open war battleground." Yeah. Yeah, I haven't really uh, listened to too much coming from Trump in the last. <laughs> like year year so i've honestly been trying to cut off most media and just kind of trying to tune in kind of tune into the uh galactic radio if you will you know like oh yeah um kind of like the one we're making right now i mean we're making galactic radio right now literally um right right well you know the message gotta get out there and even if a few people hear it you know it's you know that's how a lot of rebellion forces are that are legit. What do you think about that, C2? What do you think about that uh, comment? Oh, yeah, I think that works great for everybody. Um, most of the thing I see is a lot of this stuff has been a deliberate or accidental script breaker um, with a lot of things that have been going on. If you look at it... There you go, a script breaker. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of, uh, we define it as second camp behavior, which means in, uh, obsessed with enthalpy or volume, defining boundaries. And what's very interesting is a lot of the 
political structure and socioeconomic structures that are based around some very specific volume refinement. And it was so precariously balanced and pushed out to the very edge of containment that the slightest disruption which the virus presented did break the script of a whole bunch of things that has been going on. It's um, absolutely, it did. Big so, time catalysts, yes. Yeah, so that's my limited view and input I'll put in right now. I'm just gonna want to keep hearing the wondering of the voice. That sounds great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't know where my thoughts are at now, but yeah. Well, I guess I was talking about the rebellion against it, because I always think about, like, Star Wars and shit. <laughs> and you know I'm yeah. hooked on that Baby Yoda crack. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm fucking all like, you of know, course. dude, you watched it all, so you know that the rebel, the, the rebel force, you know, kind of feeling, which fuck Disney, man. Because they'll make these superheroes and Jedis and all this shit, they always go against the system. And somehow they look like heroes, but you know, they're the, they the they're the system. And it kind of just right. puts well, this like fake hope in your ass that, you know, oh, shit could get uh, better on some level in their terms. In that on their terms, yeah. For six ninety nine a month. <laughs> Disney yeah, Plus. It's a, part of the, it's a part of the great deception that's been happening. That's they they do everything to twist us up to like they they take they take actual knowledge of, of real truth of something that resonates and rings to everybody. They take that and they and then they like they lure you in with that and then once they once they have you feeling like oh these there, there's some wisdom here like this is some beautiful wisdom then they suck you into like you know basically into their cult. Hmm. There's a lot of contradictory information in that. My favorite joke has always been that uh, Yoda and Dagobah in Fire Strikes Back, like, there is no try, there is only two. And then, what does one of them say in the prequels? Only Siths deal on absolutes. So, a lot of it can be shown to be highly conflicted, or uh, everybody's not really a fuck with what they're saying. <laughs> yep. And, right. and you know, Obi Wan Kenobi's got PTSD for real because of it. So, yeah. um, well, and, and, go ahead. Yeah, the only Sith deal in absolutes. I, I did like that. I did like that because, I mean, we, we all know that coming into this next age, that we absolutely need to get rid of the idea of absolutes. That is something that has us stuck in this duality of like the Piscean age, which is. That's what's dying right now. That's what we're trying to leave behind. You know, we're like living in the dark, the last of the dark ages of the Piscean Age. Hmm. And it's exactly that sort of uh, absolutism has led us down a very dark road, you know, between the religions and just everything, really like everything. Like there is no black and white because circumstances change every situation. I agree. Situation. You know, we have a constant flux of circumstance and within that flux, something that could be evil in one moment might not be in the next. You know, it's all a matter of perception and, and the ability to be fluid and, and move with it. Because one thing we can all agree is that it is fluid. It is ever-changing, you know? I agree. Yeah, we're, you're looking at cycles, and a very interesting part of cycles comes from a uh, oneness feeling to a duality feeling. And <laughs> finally, it comes... Finally, it comes into something like a Schrodinger feeling, which is 
um, any thought can exist and a single thought can be contradictory to itself, but still actually be valid. So um, viewpoints can actually be it, if or then and or or as opposed to one or the other. So what I see we're seeing here is finding the infinite shades of gray and not being driven insane by something that can be simultaneously multiple things. And that that's, should be that's accepted right. as a valid data point for everybody. That's that's absolutely right. It gives us the third option. Yep. It pulls us out of that duality and gives us the third option, which has always been connected to divinity. You know, you have the Trinity and you have, I don't know, you have all sorts of symbolism that that tells you that, like, the, mm. the, the road to divinity is the number three, you know? And hmm. so, you know, like, like our politics, our politics are fucked. And I can tell you one simple thing that would fix that is if we had the ability to have a third party we would be tie-breaking all sorts of this tie-breaking bullshit that they keep us stuck, you know, in this paralysis, this never-ending paralysis of, oh, well, they're not letting right. us do it. Well, yep. no, it's them. Yep. They're not letting us do it. And I've been watching it since yeah. the Reagan era. And you know what, dude? Uh, it's It hasn't changed. It's been the Reagan era since Reagan was in office. It has not changed. That's when shit changed, right. the Pepsi generation I figure, you know, because I agree with the Alpha Draconian shit and a lot of what uh, David Icke will say about it. Um, and I also believe the Nibiru and the Alpha Draconian are two separate beings that are enemies. Uh, uh. In the Book of Vanky, you know, they meet up the Anunnaki and the, and the lizard dicks and they fucking get into it and the lizards fucking hand them their ass. You know, so uh, for them to be like here now and their their final like trying to take over, they haven't done it yet. Cause, and you know why I don't think they've done it yet is because they can't access that fucking Stargate that's off the coast of Aiden. And I think it's, it's really the only way off the planet. And they, they can't access it. That's why they haven't fucking, that's why they're fucking around. That does make sense to me. I know that, uh, you know, the, 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 v, the Venetians, the Venus, people from Venus, they have the ability to to move through dimensions, you know? Yeah. And um, I haven't heard much about the yeah. Venus guys, uh, but uh, what is there a specific name for them? I don't I don't know. I honestly like I don't like they haven't. I haven't never conveyed <laughs> that. I just I just know that they are they're an angelic order. And they've been they've been interacting with humans for a long, long time, and they're basically here to help us try to, you know, they're, they're here to try to vibrate the whole planet up to the next level and to like get us to basically break free from the reptilian agenda, if we can. Those that those that choose to make the right choices, you know, will will ascend. You know, they're here to help us try to ascend, which is which is basically vibrating to a higher frequency i guess the question i want to ask you know like i said before if uh this higher order of good beings have hypothetically constructed the virus to take out specifically the alpha draconians is what you're saying i i do i do speculate on that you know i think it's very i think it's actually plausible you know uh i was just you know i was going to ask you why would innocent people be taken out by this thing because you know there's people that really don't even they don't believe the virus 
there's people that are pissed about it. There's, I mean, it's just mixed emotions across the board globally. But there, are, right. you know, with a new mutagen pandemic now coming out of the UK, that's some really frightening shit. <clears throat> uh, I would never want to. Uh, I, I would definitely never want to belittle uh, death and loss for anybody. You know, I've, I've lost a close. You know, I've lost a couple of close. You know, people to me, and so I definitely. Definitely don't want to belittle that loss to anybody, but um, one of the things about our our culture, and in, and because of this, you'll never you'll never be able to convince some people that certain deaths could be good, you know. But um, you know, within our culture, the way that we treat death is just like really, it's really feared, and it's something that people really try to avoid, and they're uncomfortable with it. And, and, you know, that is a very cultural thing that has been uh, with us for, you know, probably some time. But the fact is, other cultures on the planet do not treat death in the same way that we do. And, like, I mean, take a look at the Mayan culture who, you know, you know they do sacrifices all the time. But your death as being something to, to strive for. You have a good death that is, like, the best thing you can possibly do. You know, and, and like, like they even had that sport where they played the the ball, and the the winner of the sport was was given death as a reward. And and the, and the players strived to win because it was a big time honor for them, because they understood that uh, that we are infinite beings, really. That there's that we reincarnate in these bodies and that death is not death is just like a phase it's just another part of a of a cycle and that you go through many of these cycles and and so like when people when people die too like spiritually speaking when somebody dies like there's a saying that the buddhist um there's a buddhist saying that those that die young are the greatest teachers huh. have you ever heard that before no yeah i have heard that one are the greatest teachers and there's a reason for this because the, the one the hardest lesson for all of us to understand is impermanence you know that this is why we mourn when we have loss of life or even like lose an object we're fond of you know we just we don't want to we don't want to fully grasp the fact that impermanence is absolutely it's 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 the fabric of our reality it's it's yeah. the most base thing is that everything changes and moves you know and so we want to avoid that because we become attached to certain things and so it's really becomes a lesson in 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 unattachment you know i agree and so when a, when a child is killed and it seems like well you know how could how could god do this because this is a young innocent child who hasn't done anything for one we don't hope by experiences because there's the rule there's the karmic hello hello did we lose him we might have lost him he was starting to get some breakup on my end. <sighs> i know i wanted to hear what he wanted had to say too here hold on um yeah give him a try let's master pauser one two three okay sorry about that guys we had a little uh 
Uh, Nibiru was trying to break through. It's probably the lizards. They don't. They don't like us talking. You know, <laughs> they never do. Sabotage. Sabotage. <laughs> you know it is. Well, okay. So David Ike, <laughs> this guy's a fucking character. Okay, yeah. but um, but he's a lizard. Okay, and so their code is, they can't kill each other. They're not allowed to kill each other. They're allowed to kill us, and we're allowed to kill us. But if they interbreed with us, then that's royalty, and they can't touch it. If it has They're any, royalty, yeah. if it has any draconian, it, they can't kill it. Right. Uh, I was wondering, is David Ike like some guy that was dropped off at a, you know, with some parents that he thought were his parents, or? You know, Maybe. but you know what I mean? Like, is that what the reality is? Because how the fuck can he get away with talking all this shit? I don't mind. I'm crazy. And, you know, it's like no one's listening to this gutter punk shit really anyway. But David Icke, he sells fucking. Momentum. We're starting to get momentum on the show. <laughs> Disney tried to nice. buy the show the other day. Like, <laughs> we heard the Africa episode. Did you hear that, C2? <laughs> we heard the africa episode we want to and then they called and it was just a bunch of people like kind of stoned not really saying anything so i was like okay uh but anyway so that was the end of the disney deal um but back to the show you know and disney disney ran by alpha draconians all these guys are running out the army the navy the air force marines Every conspiracy you know of. It's fully infiltrated our all of our and uh, and it's and, and they operate to where they can uh, they they are, they can tune into the mental plane, so they have access to the mental plane, so they can they kind of can know sometimes what's going on in some people's heads and stuff. So they they really are masters of manipulation because of that. Uh, I wish I could get you to talk about what you were talking about before we got cut off, man, because. You were about to say something, and then I, C two. Do you know? Can you? Do you have a lifeline here? <laughs> yeah, I got a. I didn't know what I was at. <laughs> I got a lead life preserver for you. <laughs> let the guy run. Let him run. Run free, man. You were. It was cool though. Whatever you were saying, dude. Everything you've been saying has been pretty uh, awesome. I was. I was just really trying to trying, trying to like uh, nail nail just the the point that we. You know, we we tend to hold on to life uh, too much, you uh, know, because it is yeah. impermanent. Yeah. And right. and so the lesson right. the lesson that life is impermanent and is actually is something that, although it's very hard, very hard, and I and I don't belittle that for anybody because it's not easy. Right. Thank you. This but, is why but, I wanted to talk about this and finish this part up a little bit more. You know, because according to what is out there, you know, there's a lot of pain caused by this virus and. Uh, I, I wonder, you know, if, if these guys have hypothetically been, you know, intermingling with us, uh, if it's really been kind of fucking us up. Because, you know, I think already we're contaminated. And according to Zechariah Sitchin, he sees it as a holy divination or whatever that we were created, even though it doesn't comply with what the holy Christian Bible says. He says uh, what story he does tell, specifically the last text that he translates, which they got 
near the Stargate and uh, where these 714 clay tablets of Lord Anki, you know, I've brought it up a few times on a few other shows, but uh, I wanted to run some stuff past you, see what you thought about it, because I remember you were talking about a more feminine aspect of, uh, of um, Nibiru, and I hadn't necessarily heard that kind of quality, you know. I always hear yeah, this, yes. like, Battle of the Gods, but you were kind of coming at it at a, at a where it's changing our physiology, like you were saying, telepathy. You know, uh, that shit's heavy, right? I mean, we could easily just wake up tomorrow and be uh, telepathic. Is that something that could happen? All right. Uh, hey, sorry about the disruption again. Um, I was asking, though, about the physiology like, because uh, according, you brought up the Mayan, and the Mayan had made a quote about Nibiru. If we could actually see it directly as human beings, it would change our entire physiology. And that was the only one real quote that they even made about Nibiru. Everything else was CIA fucking dragnet shit, you know? Huh. Um, you know, saying that it was going to be December 21st, 2012. When, and ironically, this. December 21st, 2020, was the Ethiopian 2012. Well, and it's, and and I've heard a lot of people speculate that it could, that it's likely to come this, this time of the year, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I, yeah, again, I don't really know. I can only speculate about when, when it's going to actually arrive, but I, I am, I'm pretty certain, like as certain as I am about anything in life, that it's, it's something that we're going to experience. I think so too. Um, I think it, I think, you know, there's a guy named Marshall Masters. You ever heard of that guy? No. He, uh, is a Planet X chaser and he's been on George Norrie a lot. And he kind of speaks like the rest of these ancient alien guys, you know, where they're like, uh, they kind of say it. Here's the way they say it on the show, okay? I always point this out too, man. The way they say it on the show is these guys did come down and they fucking took massive bong rips, dude. Seriously. And the guy's got the hair, you know, and and, and everybody's like, yeah. And then, uh, and then the guy comes on with no face and he's kind of even a computer voice. You never see him. And he goes, could it be that aliens came down and took massive bong rips? And if so, and I'm like, well, when you say could it be and if so, after the guy just said that they did, and he's solid right. about that they did, that becomes post-hypnotic suggestion. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely very suggestive that it did. Yeah, they're trying to suggest that it did happen, yeah. And now you got Gaia, and every time I go on YouTube to get these fucking, my little sound effects or whatever the fuck I'm looking for, you know? Uh, Gaia ad comes up, and you know what that is? No, I mean I know what Gaia means as far as the term, but you ever heard this shit, C two? I haven't heard of a product named Gaia. No, it's a fucking movement. It's a fucking thing they're pushing. Like seriously, I'll be playing Thug Life, that little crappy fucking Android video game, and uh, and blowing up people's fucking territories. And meanwhile, I get—I have to watch an ad about Gaia, and it's all talking about, 
oh, how all these guys are on the same team, the Alpha Dracos, the fucking Archons, the Palladians. And I've had Palladians on the show. And guys, if you're listening, go back and listen to Federation or uh, the Friend Lottery. That was the last one I did. That's the one with the Palladians on there. And they're really convinced. I just think they're really drunks from uh, Florida. Yeah. You know, but um, I, that's the more of the probability. And plus, I don't believe that you should have to pay for information about this shit. But what I do think is interesting. Absolutely. What I do think is interesting is that in the Sumerian text of Lord Anki, it specifically notes at the beginning of this long-ass story about how we came into being, it says it right there that uh, Anu is the one that says it. And Anu in the Bible, in the Old Testament, he's the one that's referred to as the father. And he's the the father of Anki and Enlil, basically. Uh, who engineered us according to the Sumerian text that Zechariah Sitchin translated. It's, 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 it seems to be quite obvious that we're GMOs. Right. I mean, that's, that seems well, painfully obvious if you take a look around, you know? The one thing I wanted to point out was one thing that Anu says in that text. He's, he tells his nephew, Alalu, who wants to cross the asteroid belt, and specifically, they're not allowed to because they're kind of like space cops that are supposed to be watching out for the outside of the asteroid belt and making sure that no one else on the outside crosses the Kuiper belt and interferes with our 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 our, 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 our stuff. Little, our little movie. Well, you know, <laughs> according to the Sumerian mythology, where Sasquatch, that's exactly what they mix uh, their DNA with. But we're, we're not supposed to be like we are. It's because of Anki. And Anki is the one who puts the spirit gene in the DNA against the, the high command of Nibiru. So there's... Do we have wealth? There's your strike, too, then, because... Well, they crossed the, the Kuiper Belt. And I told that to the Federation of Light guys, and now I'm hearing about them on uh, CNN and shit, Federation of Light, or uh, some uh, guy from, uh, he was a doctor, or ex-CIA Israel, uh, who uh, decided to come out and say, oh yeah, Trump's working with the aliens, he's working with the Federation of Light, and if you if you take what he said and look at the ad campaign that's running right now, it totally matches. So, I'm not sure what the agenda is on pushing this new alien agenda thing, but it's like a step further than what they've done with the post-hypnotic suggestion days now of ancient they aliens, know, right? They know, they know that because of uh, our heightened awareness, and, and especially when, when, this, you know, when, our, when our binary star comes through, they're, it's going to become obvious that there is other alien races. Like, they're probably... You know, we'll probably uh, start interacting with them. I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely question anything that's working with Trump because I know <laughs> that it definitely the forces that I have come into contact with, they they know that uh, those guys are, you know, I don't even want to say the enemy, but they're, they're they, I mean, they, they are pretty much because they're the ones that are, they're pulling the great deception and they're like misleading 
us, you know, like trying to keep us basically prisoner on this lower dimensional vibrational uh, prison, if you will. I mean, that's basically what we're living on. Mm. An intergalactic prison. You know, uh, they keep dropping these specific alien names too. Uh, the ones that keep coming up the most, Alpha Draconian, Palladians, Archons are coming up like all over the place. I met some guy in D.C. who said he was one, and that's why he doesn't talk normal. I was like, it's probably because you smoke too much crack, bro. But um, Yeah, well, well, one thing about the Archons, they, they're always filling people full of doubt. So, like, when you when you run into somebody that's got some of their genetic, it's they're always shitting on the parade. They're always, like, if you talk about doing anything positive, they'll, they'll throw some twist where, like, trying to make you feel like it could be negative. You know, like, it's, like, they're just nonstop trying to, like, seed, sow, uh, uh, sow seeds of doubt. It's, it's really interesting. I've definitely encountered a few, and they're, once, once you recognize them, you can kind of, like, they're, get easier to call out. They also don't really, like, put off much, like, aura energy. They're kind of like they're kind of like like dreams, if anything. Like they kind of like you know, just they're just kind of dark beings, you know. You know what the uh, Anu says to his nephew who wants to cross the Kuiper Belt, and this is before he this is before all the mess begins because Alalu had to break the law because they were working for the Creator of all, and they say that's who they're working for right off the bat. They Anu uh-huh. says. That's the boss, man. You can't fucking cross the Kuiper Belt. Can't with that. And uh, Alalu says, "Nope. I know there's gold over there, and we need it to live." And uh, he he breaks the law and goes. And that's you know, I always thought it was preposterous for Zechariah Sitchin to have this opinion about Nibiru being these celestial gods that fucking birthed us and did all that gave us life and how he kind of praised them and the Anunnaki uh-huh. I like how Ridley Scott kind of put it and I like how uh, in Prometheus did you ever see that yeah yeah, yeah I did. Uh, you know the guy the big ass motherfucker they wake up at the end he's an Anunnaki right and Ridley Scott is finishing in the fictional kind of ending because he knows they killed all, almost all the Anunnaki off when they created us. Uh, the few Anunnaki that were left spawned with us in our first, second, third, fourth, and fifth stage of Adamic slave, genetic slaves that they, you know, kept working on, adding animals from other galaxies into us, y'all. Over 22 right. animals per person. And, uh... A Sasquatch, nonetheless. And I'm pretty sure, you know, Anu says it the best. He's like, the creator of all has forbade us to cross the Kuiper Belt. We're not allowed to cross the Asteroid Belt. And we wouldn't really be in being if they hadn't. So there is that side of it. Because we see all the love and human side all the tragedy that's happened, all the pain, all the shit, it adds up to this thing that is outside of Nibiru, right? I mean, they kind of abandoned us, and they kind of just took off and left us to our own shit. Uh, but when they were here, they were dicks to us, and they were they just made us mine for gold. So, you know, 
you know, know I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm of the belief that they're still here, personally. That's, you know, Marduk, my own take on what's, what's going on. I think Marduk is in Antarctica, dude. I think that's what all the hubbub's about in Antarctica. Yep, me too. I, I think something's definitely going on with Antarctica, and I, I believe that also, like, if our binary star is coming back, it's going to approach from that direction. I do believe that that's highly possible and probably probable. Um, it makes sense for how we probably won't see it. You know, we're not going to see it until it's pretty much like up on our shit as far as anybody without a telescope or, you know, or even the ability to, to see down in that Southern sky. Like that's just not something that we see up here, you know, hmm. you ever heard of, uh, of uh jeff p you ever heard of that guy on youtube at all no he's this dude that kind of broke broke it down and was following the lens uh he was on top of the the conspiracy about how they hide it with with Uh a uh a series of sun and moon simulators um and also uh and also uh a gigantic con a series of contact lenses that are like 300 yards each uh up like, and uh, the, whole, the whole thing's going to be pretty hard to see probably too because i mean the theory is um you know that it's a it's a red dwarf the binary star right so that's something that uh puts out light in the infrared spectrum and is not visible for that, us humans that's and, what i wanted you to talk about too because i remember you had brought that up and I was like, Oh, I never thought about it like that. You know, it was like, so the binary star itself does not put off a light that's seeable for our eyes. Um, the planets can be visible if the sun is putting off, you know, if they're, if they're in the sun, if they're like, you know, if the sun's shining and they're, you know, in that direction. But again, if it's coming, if it's coming from the South pole, we're not going to be able to see these things until they're like coming, ripping through the, come driven through the neighborhood basically you know yeah man they're fucking Whew. i figured that's what uh in revelation that's what the red dragon is you know when they talk yep. about this red dragon that's what it is it's the nemesis it's like the whole system coming through like and uh and then marduk coming out i think a lot of people think it's jesus or god that has this woolly white beard and burning red eyes and uh he comes out on a chariot and he's coming out of the sky, but um, I think that's going to be Marduk, man, and I think he has been working with the Alpha Draconian, and these guys on Nibiru now coming back this time around probably ain't having it. Uh, seeing how where it's all gone, that's kind of what I guesstimate, and if that's the case, then that would be the little secret wars between Nibiru and. The lizard dicks, you know, going at it. So, uh, so this guy Sheldon Moore, as far as getting to the feminine aspects and the kind of the, the theories about that, which yeah. I I do prescribe to very much so, in fact, because it just it really just makes for me it makes a lot of sense in that we are a part of a binary star system, and the way it works is that the sun is the male aspect, our sun, and Nemesis is the female aspect and when the when the binary star is in a very far uh when it's far away we are in a moment of darkness uh we descend to the dark ages the feminine aspect gets completely suppressed and we basically struggle 
And, th- and this is this is what the the, the great cycle uh, depicts because it starts out the golden age when the when the when the cataclysm first starts. After it after it passes, the cataclysm passes. You have a golden age, and that golden age lasts for I believe like six thousand years or something like that. You know, I believe these cycles are twenty four thousand years to complete a full cycle. Um. I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't really like given this a whole, whole a whole ton of thought as trying to like figure out the math and how the possibilities are. But we do know that twelve thousand years ago, our our or at least at least people are starting to discover um, people that are starting to date the Egyptian uh, the Sphinx. People people uh, that that study water and the way water erosion works are speculating that the Sphinx is actually twelve thousand years old. Um, which, 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 you know, kind of coincides with, uh, Sheldon Moore's ideas of, of when the last golden age was 12,000 years ago. Hmm. And it's, uh, interestingly, it, it even correlates with, I live in a very kind of, uh, unique place in Colorado where we have, uh, the great sand dunes just to the South of where I live here. And these sand dunes are very mysterious. They're very large. They're the largest sand dunes in North America. And they're like 700 feet tall. And, um, uh, geologists, you know, who kind of study this stuff and are kind of trying to figure out like how did these things come about, trying to understand how they how they could be here. They've been doing studies on it, and it really just defies all typical uh, uh, ways of thinking as far as how these sand dunes could be produced. For one, the silica is a different silica than the sand that's blowing off of the uh, valley floor, which is kind of that's kind of what they're. You know, they're trying to say that, that that's how those sand dunes accumulated was through just the blowing winds over thousands and thousands of years. Well, they, they as what they did is they went out and did a uh, the core sample of the sand dunes. And you know what a core sample is? Uh, yes, I actually did quite a bit of the work in the sand dunes myself. I actually did study the geology and core sampling. Nice, nice. So, so you're probably aware of that. Uh, that uh, you know, during one of these core sample takings, they ran into wood, and they were able to pull wood up from underneath yes. the sand dunes. Yes, there's a lot of different artifacts. Also, by atomic separation and initial weight distribution and sampling, the average out through the whole dunes, there should is a projected seven 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 billion troy ounces of gold in that. And wow. it's very finely disseminated and cannot be extracted easily. In fact, that is what gave the sand dunes its original park protection, was that too many people were going in there and getting ready to try to extract from the dunes. So that became wow. the reason it became a protected park. So, uh, so the reason this ties into, uh, you know, the, the people in Egypt kind of like, uh, you know, studying the water erosion and kind of coming to the conclusion that, that the rise of Egypt have actually happened like 12,000 years ago, as opposed to the 3,000 or so, you know, three to 4,000 years that, that the, uh, the mainstream's given it. But uh, yeah. so this, so, so from what I understand, they pulled this, the, the core sample out that had wood and the wood was able to be carbon dated and it was 12,000 years old. Huh. Um, I, the wood artifacts that were found in there uh, there is a possibility they did run into some shale and uh, almost peat-like substrates beneath that showing, and then the calcareous uh-huh. beds where the ocean had flooded inside. Unfortunately, due to the highly migrant nature of a sand dune 
and a lot of artifacts that were out there. The 12,000 is hard because there's also a huge amount of natural gas under the area and a huge amount of uh, radon that develops in the lower bed of the sand dune. You know, we get radon all up and down the front range here. And the, the problem with the amount of radon in the sandstone and, and shale beds that have leaked up is that that really makes dating very inaccurate. So, I mean, I think it's neat that there could be something down there that old, but we also have a huge contaminant with just for using that process from the off-gassing or pitch blend into radon into the uh, pure shale, which then mixes with the carbon of the shale. And there's a lot of fouling that can happen timestamp-wise. That's why nobody's ever been really able to understand the underside of the dunes. Huh. other than by looking at the core samples and trying to compare them to the surrounding mountainside strata to see if they can actually get a connect. So right. I'm not, trying to, I'm not huh. trying to poop on your parade, just showing you some overly detailed analysis. So I'll show oh, no, yeah, wow. it sounds like you've way more studied up on it. I mean, this is just something, this is just information I was just like crossed with, so I, I'm definitely not that schooled on the whole thing. But if, but if the dating is accurate, oh yeah, and those dunes, and those dunes, and underneath those dunes is a forest, you know, was was trees and forests that were growing 12,000 years ago that would coincide with the with the erosion at the uh, Sphinx as well, you know? Oh, yeah, huh. it definitely would. And there's that whole thing where the earth could, uh, the outer mantle, or the outer lithosphere, the earth took like about a 30 degree turn um, in some uh, beliefs and theories. And uh, that skewed the lines, so to speak, so Antarctica down below would just cause a drastic shift over a very short period. Where Marduk squatting, right. taking massive bomb well, hits. Well, well, and I think that occurs with each, with each large cycle, with each cataclysm that occurs, I think that we almost always, or maybe not always, but always have, you know, the polar shift that occurs, yep, where the north and the south. Well, guys, I do got to jump in. We're uh, at the 58-minute mark, and we're about to wrap it up here. And I got to say thank you, man, for all the immense yeah, uh, yeah. talk and just, you know, well-spoken, well-spoken. Um, thank you. Take, taking the time. C2, man, thank you from uh, – I know you were, like, trying to get a beauty rest on. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys, love you out there, and uh, dude, you're welcome to come join me anytime you want, man. Um, I always want to talk about Nibiru. Uh, there's a lot to it, man. And as far as the virus goes, I don't even know what to fucking think about it, dude. So, but uh, <laughs> hey, well, you know, it was have fun next time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, th thanks for letting me share some uh, share some thoughts, guys. Definitely. Thank you, Shane. Thank you for taking the time and. Uh, C2, hang on the horn, and uh, we'll talk to you later, Shane. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, C2. Thanks. You know, with a lot of this alien shit, there comes PTSD, man. And I have gotten a large amount of reactionary PTSD symptoms from just being exposed to alien shit. And I haven't really necessarily talked about it. I was like, well, maybe it's another episode, but I don't think it is. Maybe it's like right now, maybe a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, okay. um, you know, I, I, I can't 
be alone on how many people are experiencing the that kind of shit but um I haven't been abducted but the things that I've seen and the things that I have heard alone are just so can you, is it fair to say the word obtrusive Obtuse. Obtuse. Weird and roundabout and sometimes hard to understand. I don't really like social media. And I don't really like that. I feel like it's being ran by this agendist alien platform. And it is a lot like John Carpenter, They Live. Oh, yeah. And I feel like I have lost a lot of friends because of it. Because I kept seeing them. And I... (laughs) It's not that I didn't love them, dude. But I don't think that people are necessarily built to fucking be in each other's business the way that it is and the way that it's deformed plus these guys at Facebook are members of NAMBLA and it's just there for a commercial racket it's just there to pimp ads and some of the ads that come up in my shit are just like what? what are you trying to sell me anyway dude? you know? so with a lot of the things happening right now I wouldn't be surprised if a fucking alien invasion just fucking pops out of fucking left field out of fucking nowhere any minute now kind of like Orson Welles scaring the shit out of everybody with that 1930s pod or not podcast but the you know (laughs) the radio uh huh and everybody was like holy shit but imagine hearing it and just being like this is real, yo. This even if it is made up or whatever, it's would still be happening. Oh, it caused some distress, even with them announcing it between the episodes of the uh, radio that night. Ugh. You know, if, if you're very worried about alien invasion, though, if you think about it, we breathe the second most corrosive elemental gas in the universe, oxygen. And our planet is abnormally dense for its size, making for very high gravity compared to any other planet of its size, making us abnormally super strong. And we have free running water all across the surface of the world, which is actually one of the biggest molecular corrosives out there. So if you look at it from a million point of view, we're a planet full of monsters that are super strong and breathe the most second most corrosive gas elementally in the universe. Jeez. So maybe we're actually pretty focused. Could be, y'all. Could be. <laughs> Alright, guys, that's a good note to leave on. And uh, just hang in there, I guess, for more Adam Air MDGED. Uh, I feel like dog shit most of the time, but I'm going to keep recording. And uh, I'm going to have C2 on with me, as I promised. And I'm enjoying the format, and thanks for being there, man. I appreciate you, dude. Thank you. Um, It's been nice to actually help you out, and uh, 
interact with a lot of these things. So it's been a wonderful thing, and I hope some people out there hearing this actually enjoy it. Thanks, C2. All right. Good night, guys. Good night, Earth. Fucking Earth. Good night, Nibiru. Slowing up. (laughs) (laughs) Later. Later. Bye-bye. Okay, guys, I found this little article. Um, I kind of wanted to tag this on because I thought this was uh, pretty interesting. This is off of uh, ABC affiliate <coughs> WKRN TV. Okay, here, check this shit out. We're tracking a breaking news alert for you tonight. News 2's Bob Mueller at the WKRN.com alert desk with new information about the bombing suspect, Anthony Warner. Bob. Yeah, guys, that's right. We know the police are searching for a motive for the Christmas Day bombing. It turns out that suspect, Anthony Warner, was very interested in several conspiracy theories. A source familiar with the Nashville bomb investigation tells ABC News that Warner may have been tracking a conspiracy about lizard people. Now, authorities tell ABC News that Warner may have spent time hunting for alien life forms in a near statewide <laughs> park, although it is not the park that we've been, that park has not yet been named. The source tells ABC News that thoughts about those conspiracies were found in writings associated with the suspect, Warner. This is an ongoing investigation. At this time, it's unclear if these beliefs are connected to the Christmas Day bomb. Erica? Bob, thank you. What do you guys think? I don't know. I don't know what to think about any of that. Um, (laughs) But it does relate, huh? All right, hold on. Let's close this bitch up. That was fucking awesome, guys. Want to thank Shane for stepping up to bat. Sounds like we schooled each other on a few things tonight. I know a lot of this shit can cause anxiety and illusion. The earth is going through these great changes right now, right? Pretty wild. But I wanted to... Keep doing your own thing and stick around. I'm going to keep putting these fucking podcasts out, dude. Because, uh... (laughs) Because I fucking can. (laughs) And fuck you, Alpha Draconian motherfuckers. You're listening to Adam Air. MD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy Don't fuck around For more on what happens if the aliens aren't friendly, watch How to Defend Earth Against an Alien Invasion.